So, guys and girls, unless you've been living in a cave, you will know that the 2021 changes to the Meg lists and points uh, are out. So we thought we'd do a podcast to go through what these changes are. Um, and tonight, the format's going to be, uh, we're going to look at the, the list building philosophy. We're going to look at the exact changes, what's happened. We're going to look at the changes to the generals, the changes to skirmishers, the changes to points. We're also going to look at uh, the fact that some new lists have appeared, which is obviously very exciting. And then we're going to look at what's been nerfed. And we're going to focus on the uh, Numidian nerf and the uh, early Archimedes Persian nerf and have a good moan and see what we can do about it. So without further ado, we will crack on now. OK, so we're going to move on now to um, the changes in the lists and new lists. And I think, Richard, you're going to start by just really telling people, maybe for the first time they're hearing this, you know, what are your principles uh, when you're putting these lists together? Yes, thank you, Ray. So um, one of the things that people perhaps don't understand when we're drawing up army lists is um, we, we generally try and aim for ensuring that when you pick and hopefully will have the correct field. And this is a bit of a tenuous concept, but what we want is that if you fight with a Roman army, it should feel like it. If you fight with a Parthian army, it should feel like a Parthian. Um, what we don't focus on so much is supposed historical accuracy, um, because that is, we, we want the armies to be as accurate as we can make them, but um, historical accuracy is a very difficult concept. Um, for example, um, some troops that carried a short spear, we might not give the short spear characteristic because it doesn't have the right effect that we want. So we're not always gospel driven, but if something has a short spear, it has to have the short spear character. And it's, it, that, that's what I- Melee expert might be better, better how, explain how they were affected. Yeah, so um, we're trying to look at what the uh, results of those troops were. And it's, it's still, a, I mean, I think people often underestimate how thin the ancient sources are in terms of describing armies and troops. So um, that that just, however, is an introduction to explain what we're going. So well, I think in the last podcast on our trip down into China, we realised how thin the, uh, the, the what we were relying on was, uh, which was a bit of an eye opener. Yeah, I mean, the challenge isn't made any easier with make because there are a lot of different combinations of the characteristics. What with training, armor, um, the characteristics, the melee was a shooting. Um, the, there's, I think, in the database that we use to generate the list, I think there are probably over two thousand troop types. So in combination, appear at some point. Um, so uh, it's it's sometimes quite difficult to keep track of. Anyway, for 2021, um, the big change, I suppose, is that we've now introduced uh, lists for. Maximus for Magna and for Pacta. So instead of having 630 odd lists, we've now got 190 lists. Um, boy, was that a, <laughs> that a dumb move. Um, <laughs> but, 
But no, I, I think I think people are grateful for it, Richard. I hope, I hope so. <laughs> it better be. Um, <laughs> I'm going to repeat my moan about that. I keep finding my armies. Only two, only two elements in my tub. What's going on? Oh, use use the bookmarks. If you use Adobe Acrobat PDF files, there is a bookmark feature. Um, it normally appears, I think, on the left-hand side. Use those bookmarks. That's a quick way to go to the army that you're interested in. And it quite clearly says whether it's in or all. So that's, that's my tip to overcome. Um, the next big change is we've actually incorporated the points values for the troops into the lists as well. You don't have to go to the army builder to work out how much element of troops. So that that was, uh, again, because we start in space, that, that became... Uh, I've got to interrupt you just quickly. That's something I don't understand. Why the hell would somebody want to sit a pen and paper and work out a list that is going to be wrong? You know? I, I, don't, I don't disagree that you perhaps would still want to use the army builder, but sometimes it's quite handy just to see that this troop type costs 122 points. Um, and so you can compare different troop types and what they And people have provided feedback that says that is really useful, even those who are very spreadsheet savvy, as they describe. Um, along with that, we've introduced some general changes which appear in uh, many lists. Um, so just running quickly through those, I've mentioned the no camp already. Um, armoured horse troops, cavalry and uh, camry are now defined as close. Um, so that makes them a bit cheaper, which counteracts the um, fact that they move slower and they cannot evade. So um, that, that, that appears consistently throughout the lists. Um, We've also went through and redefined some of the characteristics for horse archers that had the armoured horse characteristic uh, protection. Um, so many of those have now become shoot and charge, so they get the benefit with them. A few we dropped um, the armoured uh, but you have to look at those lists. Um, a wider change, and I know we'll come on to this when we talk about the Achaemenid Persians, is the uh, we've redefined the Sparabara. Um, so this affects not only the Persians, but the other armies that had Sparabara. Um, so they lose the short spear characteristic. Uh, bear in mind with the Pavis, they get a plus one uh, against most troop types at impact anyway. Um, but we what we've also done is the front rank is now flexible. So if it's close, they won't suffer the minus against charging. Um, so it, it means they're not so effective against infantry at impact, um, but we felt that, that that impact effect was a double counting, uh, both for the short spear and for the these Um And it, it was getting to... <laughs> where they, were, they were beating hot knights. Am I going red? <laughs> that didn't well, feel right. It's, it's all right. I'm sure you'll get your say. We'll, we'll come back to that, I'm sure. Um, Running through, um, I, uh, another change was for early Italian, like cavalry. This is in the classical Italian, um, where uh, we've reclassified them so they now can be protected. This reflects the sort of Tarantine cavalry that you see in a lot of the Mediterranean armies around sort of 400, 200 BC period. Um, another change which was 
um, just uh, getting getting the feel right was that Scythe, Chariots and Thunderbomb Oxen, uh, the Expendables now only require one, one rank um, to claim the Devastating Charger characteristic. Um, if you're stampeding cavalry, you still, or cattle rather, you still have to be in two ranks because it's the depth of the herd that does the impact. But if you're side chariots or oxen with the explosive grenades going on, then you only need one rank. And then uh, one of the um, changes which actually touches on one of our earlier podcasts is that we sort of changed the late Byzantine grading so that the troops um and that that affects most post 1204 uh byzantine and uh late imperial byzantine despots. so those those are the most main general images any views on those guys yes but i'm sa- i'm keeping my, keeping my powder dry um can we uh and there are some new lists there are indeed new lists so just to run quickly through those um uh, we've uh, split off Etruscan from the early Roman or Latin, um, and this this is to allow the list to have an option for Highland. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I've read various articles of where did the Pylum originate, and one of the more plausible theories is the Romans actually nicked, uh, borrowed the idea off the Etruscan. Just um, as a complete aside, and only for our British listeners, University Challenge, the final, Etruscans beating the Romans was one of the questions. <laughs> well, we can believe it. There you go. Yes, um, and Ray wins today's trivia point. <laughs> I got three questions right. <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. Um, so next one, Gallic Federate Roman. Yay! Um, yeah, Mr. Godcroger can explain the, the, the history behind that one. Um. Um, it's it, it's actually partly Richard's fault for for writing his Attila book. <laughs> um, I, I, I I got in, interested in, in the Western Roman Empire at the end of the Western Roman. Empire. Um, basically, I, I, it's 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 a variant on the on the Federate Roman. I just felt that um, the Federate Roman, as it existed, was a bit too broad, and there were enough differences um, happening in Gaul. Um, to make it worthwhile um, to have a, se- a separate list, basically remove some of the some of the mounted. It's it, it's sort of following the idea that the 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 arm the Roman army um, north of the River Loire um, merges and transforms into the Frankish state under Clovis. So it's it's a transitional between the Romans and the Frankish state. Um, the history is is incredibly murky. Um, and, and, but it's it is quite interesting, and it, it covers a period beloved of many previous war games lists, the the alleged kingdom of Soissons, um, which, in my view, is a load of old. <coughs> yes, uh, Ray has asked us not to swear on the podcast, um, but this covers that as well. <laughs> so that's the reason. It's just a it's of a regional variant. Um, Richard, can argue please... it's the last uh, Western Roman. Empire because it actually postdates a fall of the Roman Empire. It does. I think that's a, a very fair description. It's. I think also I think it's, a, it's an example of what it at some point in the future could possibly be done with some more regional stuff. I think some of the uh, sort of like Dark Ages Byzantine armies could possibly have this. You know, the army in Italy 
as well. But you know, that's all all for the future, and it's all just playing around the edges and just okay. for history nerds, basically. I'll ask I'll ask the dumb question, right? So it's less Germanic, more Gallic as a Federati Roman army. Is that right? It's it's a you're starting to see a merger between a late Roman army and a Frankish. Right. So I think you have to be careful because although the it's, it's called Gallic Federate Roman because Empire was still in Gaul, Roman province, but the Franks you really should say are are a Germanic. Okay. And uh, um and uh I've forgotten what I'm gonna say. Great, a new list. I'm I'm okay, loving it. Well, along with that, we've added two extra armies which sort of um follow on into this early dark age. So we've now got a list for Armorican and early Breton. So this covers the uh, sort of independent um, uh, Bacordi and uh, the subsequent states that developed into what was later to be the Kingdom of Britain. Um, and we've also got Basque or early Navarrese. So this takes the early Navarrese list back into the period of uh, the uh, Vascones, as they were under the Roman Empire, um, who become the Basques, and is why we have the Basque language to this day as a, a non-Indo-European language. Understand my, which I probably put. Basque language has nothing to do with Spanish. The Romantic it derives from an earlier Gallic or pre-Celtic in that part, northern Spain and southwest. Um, another consequence of that is we've revised the Breton list. Um, the Breton list was quite frankly a bit of a fantasy. Um, and Is that the Breton list that you kept using at competitions, Richard? Yeah, the, the only only the one competition. Um, <laughs> Is that the competition that you shouted at me at? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and you thoroughly deserved it as well. Well, that, that's mm. justified at any time. <laughs> Anyway, um, so the, the, the Breton list has fewer of the skilled skirmish um, and becomes more a sort of, um, a, a, I suppose the nearest equivalent is probably almost a cross between an Arthurian late post-Roman British army uh, and with a bit of influence from the um, sort of Frankish Caroline, how I did it. I, I see Nick pulling a face. It was it was it was the use of the A word, which I desperately try and avoid. Where are the Sumatian lancers in the list? It's an Arthurian joke. The only other list I'm going to mention in the new list is um, uh, Hohenstaufen Sicilian. Uh, and apologies if I pronounced that German completely wrong. Um, so this this is the period between, and I'm going to get this wrong, aren't I, Angevins and Aragonese. Um, it's, it, it's sort of 12-6-something uh, AD. But for those of you who like your Sicilian, you'll know the dynasty I mean. Cool. Right, I just want to ask one question about one of the new lists. So, it, And it's, um, it's Nick's favourite Gallic Federati Roman. So that runs to 486, and then you've got one of a list that I'm looking at at the moment, which is early Mero Merovingian Frank, which starts in 485. Is that the same area? Is that the same geography? Is that the same people? Yeah, uh, Clovis, who I mentioned earlier, is a Merovingian king. Right. Okay. He's a, and, and whose probable grave was discovered um, ages ago. A, a quite rich burial. Um, yeah, he's, he's it's it's seen sort of 
certainly in France as the start of France, really. Yeah. So it is, yeah, it is, um, the, the, it just runs on. It's he, he essentially takes over that northern Gaul um, part of what had been the Roman Empire, this sort of semi-Roman Empire that existed, and, and, and thus st- took the steps towards the modern state of France cool. over, over the next millennium and a half. Okay, so let's change tack now and let's talk about some of the impacts on, on specific armies, armies that, you know, a lot of us have seen at competition, uh, a lot of us have used, uh, and, and actually are, you know, pretty popular armies. So uh, the first one we're going to talk about, the, um, the early Archimedes Persians, and Paul uh, has used that list since day one, haven't you, Paul? So, pretty much, yeah. I mean, really, really early with hand-drawn dice yeah. back in them days. Yeah, let's have a rant. Let's have a rant about the... Uh... Can I describe the change first? So... No, can we just rant without any knowledge? <laughs> well, you're very good at doing that, I'm sure, but I'll, I'll describe the change. So we've mentioned the, the um, change to Sparabara. So in the Royal Achaemenid Persian Army, we're now allowing 12 to 48 uh, Sparabara. Um, this ignores the Iranian Sparabara. Um, so these are the protected average and experience. Up to half of those may be regraded as immortals. So if you regrade them as immortals, they become skilled bow. And then you, of those, you can take up to one tug of six as apple bearers and they become superior. So that's that's the sort of uh, fundamental change. Um, the cavalry is basically. So what's your moan? I don't know about it's a moan, but I, I, I think the, the changes are actually spot on in terms of the actual list. And the shock, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm just having a heart attack here. Hang on. Oh. Did, didn't we invite you here for oh. profanity and, 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 and outrageous ranting? Well, nobody <laughs> told me that was required in the first place, but we, no, I, I think the changes are back to where the list was a couple of iterations ago, where it was basically a chunk of infantry with, with supporting cavalry. And it worked really well. It felt like I'd imagine the Persian army to be. I think the last iteration was where it went a bit mad. I don't think anybody else really used it apart from me for a while. And then suddenly there was the big wodge of superior skilled immortals and you didn't need any other infantry. And that was horrific, frankly, for anybody else who got in, got in its way. Um, the list I was using, which was two units of immortals as the only infantry, plus Sarka ally, and you know, fill up the rest with um, compulsory cavalry. There's a cavalry list with some extremely good infantry to go with it. And I think it was unbalanced and gross. And sadly, um, didn't get to play with it much because that was beginning of 2020 and it sort of didn't happen really, did it? Um, which is a disappointment because I was looking forward to making an awful mess of people with that one. But I think the new, the new version, the new structure in terms of the minimums actually works really well to make sure there is a an actual infantry core to the army which there really has to be um they changed the spar bar less sure one the um i i feel unhappy i feel unhappy with the loss of the light the light spear the short spear it just feels wrong um i I think within the game the actual effect is about right reducing so it's not doubling up against infantry but it does change those those immortals the spar bar from being a deadly unit to being meh. They're still good, but they're not exciting in the same way as they were. They weren't, they, they can't, because the thing is, anything that gets into melee with them is going to chomp them up because there's not much 
in period that is lacking in any sort of um, melee capability apart from other bowmen. But they're not, and, and as the core of a of an infantry army, they should have something to better make a fight of it. And I think they're going to get run over now. I, I think infantry I'm, are going to go I'm through them. So Cavalry always did go through them without even noticing they were there. If anybody actually knows that, I think people were too scared to send their cavalry in, which was one of the, the tricks of using it is to make is people all their people ignoring it with their with their mounted. Mounted go straight through immortals and the Slava Bar without even drawing breath. Infantry had a bit of a tougher time. Now I think infantry's gonna go through them without drawing breath as well. Well the, the mounted um won't have any in effect any change. And I, I still think sending mounted units against skilled shooters is a bit of a um against the infantry. I mean, the, the skill, I, I think, is, um, and th this is where I'll introduce my, my rant, is the ability of archers in general to fall back while shooting. Um, and that, that's, that's the problem I have. Um, that, um, and unfortunately, that, that sort of is a rule to not a list. Mm. Um, and I, I, I personally, I still think the academic Persian is a good arm. Um, I, I, these people who, who put it instantly on e eBay to sell it, I think give it a chance first would be my view. But um, yeah, I, the, the one concern I have is the ability to fall back and shoot, at the, um, which I. Which, just to be clear for the listener, has not changed. No, that has not changed. Yeah. That's still an ability you have. So you, you tend to see. Um, particularly if you've got drilled archers, the players who are experienced with them tend to fall back while still continuing to shoot. And I just don't feel that you can see that in the accounts of historical battle. Um, I'd say it just doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, so um, it, it, if the rules change, then we might make a list change that perhaps swings the other way. But let's emphasise there are no plans for rules change. No plans for rule changes. <laughs> Just in case anybody thing, got worried. For fairness, for balance to mention, pushing through is harder. So, you know, there, but I, I, I know what you mean by if cavalry get in, they're dead. And cavalry do get in because you know, one round of shooting is not going to stop. Well, it will stop the occasional. Basically, if somebody's playing a bit stupidly and sending one unit of um, cavalry against an entire line of Sparabara, it's not going to end well for the cavalry but if they're playing sensibly and send an actual attack against them they're gone um i, I took I, I actually took them out to play with the other day so my second game of the year second game of no, of an entire year i think pretty much and um one new unit of immortals got absolutely chomped by what was in by that point four bases of infantry and three ba uh, and four bases of cavalry both from sixes um, they got in, and that was it. They weren't. They, they didn't even make it. Make it through one phase. Uh, well, one turn. Sorry, um, blasted on impacts, and then finished off in the melee. I, the front rank being flexible and therefore close and out in the open does mean that the close order foot aren't getting shoved against them, which is actually quite nice, and does make them a little bit tougher overall. So I haven't had enough games with them like that to see whether that reduction in in the shove from the heavy infantry games into them makes as much difference as. I hope, but it is a little bit soft. Um, but they shouldn't be that hard. But they shouldn't be. I, I feel like they're a little bit softer than they should be. Not a lot, just a little bit. Do you want to talk us through what you, how you would uh, build your list now in 2021? 
Um, well, the first thing is I'd probably go for the satrapal rather than the satrapal, satrapal, rather than the royal, um, because you can take all your Sparabara as immortals in the satrap list, um, because it's, in terms of the numbers, you can upgrade all eight, all 16 of them to immortals, um, which basically makes them drilled and skilled, which is, is one of the things that makes them work really well. Um, I've added a couple of units of the Crescent Shield Spearmen because I think they're actually a little bit better than the Sparabara, um, a little bit cheaper, and they've got the short spear. doesn't make a lot of difference, but it feels just a little bit better. Um, both ranks are the same. They're loose foot all the way through, so you know that they're loose foot all the time. And that for the other advantages of the Sashropal is you get your three units of Sark if you go Eastern in there, so you don't need to take an ally because the increase in cost of the instinctive ally has made that less tasty than it was we've got a lot of moans in one list here I'm it's loving. not a lot of moans it's, it's, a, it's a change it's a change <laughs> I, I don't know whether it's a, am i moaning am i moaning no not really <laughs> no um then the guard and a couple of reigning cavalry and some light horse and it's you know, it, it was quite a good list the other day in fact i can't see a lot i would change about it at the moment um but i think i'm trying to make it the same as the list i was trying to use at the beginning of the year and I'm thinking actually maybe it might be better to go back to what was an older version of that sort of list and shove in the, the frankly rubbish hoplites to give that little bit of cavalry um, resistance. Um, they are frankly rubbish hoplites because they're either tribal and combat shy or flexible, uh, not flexible, sorry, formed and poor. <laughs> Neither of which is particularly tasty. Cheap. Cheap, um, sadly unmaneuverable, but add like a... The equivalent of shoving a couple of stakes in front of your um, in front of your longbows, you know, they're, they're there to make it less tasty for the cavalry to come charging at them out of nowhere. But it does reduce the the maneuverability of the whole unit. I probably wouldn't go for um, a hoplite ally, as tempting as that is, because um, I think it just becomes a hoplite army. So too expensive. It is, it is, and especially now they're so expensive now to get those allied generals. I mean, as talented allied generals, that's that's it's not happening. We just play the play the odds and take a competent. Play the odds for one off game, maybe, but at a tournament, I think you just um you're just asking for trouble. I'm, I'm um, a, sorry. Sorry, and on. the other thing as well it, with the back to the royal one, I can do the same version with the royal with the with the extra infantry, and that works quite well. It's quite nice having those exceptional um, guard cavalry, which are. Is that the only compulsory exceptionals in the entire game? I think they might be. I think you could be right. Yeah. So you feel you know, it's nice to have those. And um, if you're going to have exceptionals... You can, of course, downgrade them. Yes, but why would you? I'm mean, downgrading those unskilled shooters. Actually, which is something that feels really wrong. Um, this is, sorry, I have another whinge about the list. But it's the only thing that, that feels wrong is that the, the Persian prestige weapon being the bow... I would have thought more rather than the immortals being skilled, it'd be more likely to be the guard cavalry that's skilled because they're the gentlemen, their prestige weapon of their bow. Um, they're the ones who are more likely to better shoot the eyes out of a gnat than the the guardsmen. But that's my my thinking. But it's not. I'm, I'm not the list writer. <laughs> I, I tell you what, those those guard cavalry, they're compulsory. You wouldn't leave home without them, even if they weren't compulsory. As far as I'm concerned, I think they're a fantastic unit. Yeah, they are. They are stick them with a mediocre general and just find a target and smack them. Yeah, yeah, they're as good as lancers and much, much more um, points effective and can evade if they have to. Yeah, which confuses people. Really good. I have to right. say, I was going to say the Caymanids as a, as a only ever been on the other side of the Caymanids playing them. My 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 thoughts were the changes probably make the army 
a bit more difficult to use, especially in an open competition. And I think it's open where they'll set the lack of the short spear mm. against infantry would would hurt more. You know, I'll be, I'll be a lot happier putting my Roman legionaries into them than yeah. previously because you know, basically they're getting an extra claim. Yeah, it, it, I think it probably does balance them against Greek hoplites and. I suppose, in principle, you balance them against their historical opponents first and foremost. Um, but I do think it does it does make it makes the army more difficult, especially if you go for a, a, an infantry heavy version where you you don't have that big long line of of skilled shooters. You've got fewer of them, so it does make it a bit it makes it a bit more difficult to use. In an open competition, I expect to see more mixed cavalry version, just in a line of. Yeah, I think the one Paul just described, which I think actually. I played against at the beginning of last year at yeah. Hammy's place, didn't yeah. I? Did? Yes, yeah, you did. and ended up charging some immortals in the rear. Not sure I did any, anything to them when I did it, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we had units all over the table. But uh, yeah, I think that, that version of the army is the, the more open competition version. Sadly, that's the one I can't quite scrape out of the list now. Have to have oh, more infantry. No, it's, it's more sensible as a list, but it's less... Um, that's blatantly wrong. I think it's probably the. Um... I, I played against your Saka ally Persian. I thought it was excellent. Um, but Nick, just in actually in, for balance, I remember playing with my Persians against your Romans, and my my infantry chewed up your infantry, and it was just like I, I was like that shouldn't have happened. I had a different plan, and but I just chewed you up anyway. Yeah, I mean, as I remember, you had one absolutely brilliant round of shooting. Just actually, it was as I was charging you, if I'm rightly. I think I'd, I'd basically come through your shooting. You know, I'd, I'd, I, I was, I had a long, I had four units or so of legionaries with a talented general. The CNC was floating, so pushing cards onto them, so we could push through the, the shooting. We could take wounds off. We had the cards to push through the shooting on the charge, um, but. Some of those, some of the units in the line were average because you can't have them all as, as superior or better. Um, and basically, the ones on the end, one end of the line got absolutely shocked to insert swear word of your choice in there, and that just opened it up. Yeah. <laughs> and, I've, and then I think you basically caused enough damage with your shooting on that final charge that the white dice doom kicked in, and despite you know the superior melee expert, wasn't enough. But it really was a game that could have gone either way. It It could have gone either way. And I I roll I roll really rubbish dice. So it just didn't feel right that my rubbish dice and rubbish troops completely eviscerated your Roman. I think you just had the one the one turn you had the one turn of lucky shooting, but that was enough. Yeah, exactly. I end up shouting at him because he claims he has rubbish dice, then rolls a string of skulls. Yes, <laughs> one, but but that one, I suppose. So if we'd have played that game ten times, maybe that would be the only time I would have won. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was, it was a good game. <laughs> it was a good game. Let's let's move on. Let's move on because can we um, move, move on to your new Midian? Right. Right. So so I, I want to set the scene here. Um, not everyone knows, but I, I gave up painting armies a long time ago. And then during lockdown, I decided to uh, start painting again. And uh, with the help of contrast paints, managed to paint some fairly decent. And uh, all of the armies that I painted or acquired during lockdown have Numidians. So, so I painted 
what I think are a very nice looking late Republican Roman army with a Numidian. I painted a list completely stolen from Nick, which was <laughs> early Carthaginian with a Numidian ally. And then um, I managed to acquire from Matt Hayward an absolutely beautifully painted Pompeian Numidian army. Okay, so I think I think I can safely say that I am the beneficiary of the Numidian nerf bat. Thank you very much. So, um, so that's really why I'm 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 annoyed. Not because uh, anything about it, whether it's right or wrong. Because what's right or wrong got to do? Um, it's whether, you know, I just feel like, come on, guys, give me a break. All this painting and now I've got to change. Is that what you've got there? The the late Republican Roman with Numidians is going to be almost your perfect storm of problems. Right. Because you've got professional generals in the main army. Yeah. You've got a talented, instinctive ally that yep. goes up. You're not saving any points as you might do as you probably find you do with your early Carthaginian, because I've looked at this, obviously, you took my army list. You save some points on the instinctive generals there, which offsets the ally going up. So you're not getting the offset. And then you've got your Sugs are 13 points a base more for your Numidians because of the, the increases there. So you, the, the, the Republican Roman is almost certainly going to be one of the hardest hit in that respect. Yeah, especially you know, if you take your fortified camp for free. <laughs> oh, is that what Which is where the problem is? Oh, that's a, it's a classic Roman problem. Um, yeah, because looking at the early Carthaginian, because I've got the same army, um, you save points on some of your generals. Um, my version's got Balearic Slingers in it. You save some points on those because they've got cheaper, um, which offsets a great deal of the increased cost in the Numidian skill shooting SUGs. Plus, there were some points left over. I wasn't exactly at 10K. So you're only looking at a hundred and something on that one. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it is a case of that is going to be, your, your late Republican Roman is, is going to be very badly hit. As And you, your Sertorian Spanish, of course, is in a similar boat, isn't it? Professional generals? Yeah, the um, the Pompeian Numidian. Yeah, sorry, the Pompeian Numidian, yeah. yeah because I, I tell you what, the thing about that list is because there's so much stuff in it you can you can just change a few things like the compulsory foot skirmishes make them poor you know there's the stuff you can do yeah it's a big army anyway and also you can jig around with the with the generals there because you're not worried about pbs and scouting because you've got more pbs and scouting that you you know why do you want any more so yeah. as long as you can control the army with the command and control you know you can have uh three four competent generals and I actually yes. think that's a better better mix anyway for the army. So I'm, I'm not worried about that because um, there's so much. It's the fact that this, I think you've hit the nail on the head. So the late Republican Roman army with the Numidian ally is such a, it's such a tightly pointed army and well-crafted and, you know, home to get it there that if, if these points go up, it, 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 it well, I don't know. I, I don't know how to solve the problem on this, especially now that I've uh, realised I've got a fortified camp as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the Pompeian Numidian, which is, doesn't have to have a fortified camp. No, no, no. We're we're looking at the late Republican Roman. Oh, sorry, I'm... in Spain no, and um, going on at my. Uh, so, so yes. So I, I think it's personally. I think it's back to the drawing board with the late Republican Roman. I say probably is, is is the one that's most hard hit. I've also seen a, a, a just a normal Numidian, not a 
uh, uh, Pompeii and Numidian. And I think that it lost a sug, not a skilled shooting sug, was about the net effect after the generals reductions and paying yeah. so so you know if you've got if you've got a a new median army you're probably okay and as you say if it's one of those if it's big you can lose a unit somewhere yeah. it's not going to break especially the army a especially a sug yeah you, you lose a you know an experienced shooting sug or something yeah. which saves you but that that roman is going to be that's going to need some that's a back to the drawing board one and and that's going to be a look at the basic concept and work from that isn't it yeah and it's a shame because um because two things richard why it's a shame you know i'm putting all the blame on you one i spent hours and hours and hours painting it i've never actually used to shame and two with the numidian ally it was a really good army (laughs) i i I faced it when stephen stead used it it's a it's a nice combination it's a way to fix the ally to downgrade the nobles either downgrade them to average or turn them into just cavalry That'll give you a similar sort of number of points as the old version. Yeah. Same sort of size, still sort of fairly standard. You know, I mean, most people take the ally exactly the same, don't they? One nobles, one cavalry, two yeah, two skirmishers. Yeah. They take that, the cavalry, do they? You have to take one of the cavalry. Uh, I think you have to take one cavalry and one two skirmishers. Is it, is, it early, is it an earlier version that doesn't? I can't remember. The noble. I don't think the nobles are compulsory, but yeah. the um, so you could take those as cavalry rather than nobles, or just downgrade them to average. Yeah have a similar sort of impact i mean i remember playing um lance uh, so i had uh my arm i had an army with loads of tribal foot uh, and he just put his cavalry and, and best light horse in front of them and just 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 shot them away I mean, that was it they, they were gone four four tugs gone it took some time but it didn't matter because I, I wasn't going to catch him i wasn't going anywhere so I just thought it was a very good army. And then having the, the, the really good foot as well. But hey, I'll just maybe sometimes you just have to suck it up and uh, see that two of your armies, you know, your Persian and your Roman, <laughs> will never come out of the, of the, or be on eBay tomorrow. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I do think that's an overreaction. <laughs> no, actually, but my conclusion to draw it in, for person, this is a personal view. Even though you could say that I've suffered because every army I've bloody painted is now um, being, being nerfed, um, my actual overriding feeling is there's nothing you can't cope with that we've talked about apart from, I think, that late Republican Roman army is back to the drawing board. Yes, and there's a, there's, I'm sure there's still a good army in there. Yeah. It's, um, it, it, it is, but it is just hit a lot. But I still go back to stuff we talked about a lot earlier in this podcast. Those new median cavalry did need a change. <laughs> Actually, Paul, you're right. If you change, sorry, to just get back into the podcast rather than summing up, just <laughs> simply changing the nobles from from superior to average. And and to be honest, if you need if the if the new median nobles are superior and you need them to be superior, you're more than likely using them for the wrong thing. Yeah. So okay. So then I then I got to find sixty two points. Hey ho. I'm sure I can do that. I would think so, somewhere along the line. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. You do, I think you, you you have been unfortunate with that selection of armies. They've all come along. They've all been clobbered. But, but maybe maybe it's justice that I selected those armies because because uh, cavalry skirmisher, average, unprotected, skilled javelin were really really good. <laughs> <laughs>
they're maybe. still going to be really, really good. Yeah, I know. Maybe it wasn't coincidence. Maybe yeah. I just look at his armies and nerf them. <laughs> <laughs> but in my Pompeii and Numidian, for example, I, I, I'm not losing even, I'm, I don't lose one sug of, of best light horse. I, I've still got the, the skilled javelin in there. So, and I, I think that's a great army because I, I, th- I, I tell you why I think that's a great army. My final point on that is that I've heard that um, uh, Simon Elliott and he, and he was playing Alistair Har- Harley, who we know is a, you know a very 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 good war game, a very good Meg player. And Alistair sat there. He said he sat there for twenty five minutes thinking, "What the bloody hell am I going to do against this?" <laughs> so any army that could do that to Alistair has, has got my vote. So Nick, can you teach me how to use skirmishes, please? <laughs> if you haven't worked it out by now, mate. <laughs> I, you, you just charge them straight at my army. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to work, is it? You've got to be really patient uh, with skirmishes. Pa- patience, learn when to skirmish, when <laughs> to run away. You can stagger your units, one closer than the other. So if it's charged, it runs away. The one, the next one can then shoot at the charges, hopefully if you've got it right, and may just skirmish mm. and then rinse and rip. So do that. It's a fire teams falling back. <laughs> That that's when you're playing them really well. Is, is getting the benefit of shooting and charges from troops that otherwise would be out. Of- and and it is, uh, yeah, I always say it, it's practice. It, it it is practice, and you will take some big lumps along. So. Yeah, maybe that'll stay in the box. <laughs> <laughs> no. So so what? Just to just to have a little bit of hobby stuff then, guys, before we leave you. So what's everyone working on at the moment? Uh, I'm I'm actually using it in an army. That's had some changes on it. Um, the Kitans, the Liao Chinese uh, dynasty, who have got quite a lot of uh, protected armoured horse guys. So remember Richard was saying earlier about they're now close formation, um, just for the points thing. Um, but they've got um, shoot and charge has been brought in. So, so armoured horse, shoot and charge, um, experienced bow, mounted pole arm. I think it's quite pole a, good. Quite, quite a nice combination. But they only move four. They only move four. They can't evade, um, unlike other other troops. If they were if they were loose formation, just protected. But you know, it, it's it's a bit different. The mounted pole arm um, can give shatter, yeah. and it's it's effectively melee expert in 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 the combat phase. So it's 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 quite a good value to troop type, and just makes it a. It's just a bit of interesting. I've always had a. Uh, an interest in that army for some reason, probably because it was just a bit obscure. The only other person I know who's got an interest in it is uh, Matt Haywood, and and uh, so <laughs> who we've mentioned before. So yeah, now I've bought a load of um, Kurazan Mongol figures, made some small changes to them to make them look a bit more like Kitan, because I don't think anybody makes a, a proper Kitan figure, and they were the nearest. I could find after some discussion on the Society of Ancients forum. Um, yeah, Duncan Head was very, very helpful. So it'll be interesting to see how that army works. I, I don't think it'll be a world beater, but interesting. So, Paul, I noticed you were doing some painting earlier. What, what are you working yeah, on? Yeah, first time in absolutely ages. Um, I'm doing a Fatimid, an early Fatimid army. Um, similarly, looking, looking at all the numbers, trying to work out what the best troops are. Um, short spear and melee expert are the best by far in terms of um, value bang for buck. Um, so a whole bunch of those. Was it Abid? Is that how you, is that? 
I don't know what the apostrophe in the front means that you have to have what you're supposed to pronounce for that. But those avid troops are look pretty good with many, many expert short spear with a bunch of two-handed cut and crush. And long spear cavalry is pretty decent as well. Not quite as good value as a mounted mounted polearm, um, but still pretty good. They usually come unprotected, those long spear cavalry and Arab armies. Oh, not these ones. Oh, okay, okay. Even, even though I think even unprotected actually um, pretty decent with the you know, the long spear counting all the time. Yeah, but the, the, this is this is where you go stato, isn't it? And you tell me. <laughs> I remember you and I had a discussion about how if I put an army together of Normans where all the cavalry was in tugs of four, it would be awesome because of the multiplier effect of some coefficient. Yeah. And I put it on the table and it got absolutely walked over by a piece of paper. Yeah, it sometimes happens yeah. like that. <laughs> I, I tried Spart uh, Spartiates downgraded average the other day for a similar reason of being um, extremely point sufficient, long spear, many expert. But I took the exceptions because I thought their exceptional works out quite good value as well. Um, if you look at Will Denham's um, blog, his game against me and the exceptionals didn't even last a whole turn in combat. Oh, they got <laughs> completely blown away um, in one round. <laughs> Um, because they lost a couple of bases on impact and they go from being absolutely brutal to completely useless. Mm. So, so you could ever describe exceptionals as completely useless. <laughs> uh, well, okay, admittedly they were on plus five um, in melee, um, <laughs> straight up. Unfortunately, rolled double S, so... <laughs> okay, thank you. So, Richard, what are you planning? I won't talk about painting or modelling or anything like that. What are you planning at the moment? Oh, I, uh, well, I, as I mentioned last time, I'm planning uh, the Battle of Bosworth, the oh, yeah. Battle Day. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm rather relieved I'm not spending all my time uh, correcting the army list. The um, errata is pleasingly modest. So, uh, so I think we're all, are we all going to uh, Hammy's uh, tournament in uh, Battlefield Hobbies, yeah? Oh yes, in July we're all going, yeah. Uh, and and listener, if you haven't bought your ticket, buy it, please. Uh, so middle of the country, no excuse. Um, so I noticed that it's 500 BCE to 500 CE, isn't it? It is. Mm -hmm. So I, the early Merovingian Franks squeak into that. So I've uh, so I've been looking with I've been actually drooling over this list because. Infantry, tribal close, average protected, short spear, dev charges. You don't, you don't, there aren't many of those left in the, uh, they're, they're pretty damn good, right? And then it's got, a, I was going to swear, it's got a load of cavalry uh, to go with it. So I'm going to have a little look at that list and see whether, see whether that can be a replacement for my, oh, what was that list I used to use that was completely nerfed? The one that... The Great Tongi. Yeah, the foot lost their short spear and the cavalry lost their ability to evade. Oh, yeah, that will be my Grathingi. So there's a theme emerging here. Ray gets a list, likes it, it gets nerfed. <laughs> and on that low note... No, no, it's, it, it's actually in, in, in the list writer's job description. <laughs> yeah. Could I just, just on the Hammy's wall, could I just point out, because I think a couple of people have missed this, it's 500 to 500, but there's no geographical limit. Right. It's not... Any, any PDF. Any... Yeah, it's, not, it's not a, quote, classical yeah. sort of Greeks-Romans thing. So if you want to take your early Mesoamerican army, there's your opportunity to do so. Indeed. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, there'll be lots of there'll be lots of variety in that uh, 500 to 500. I would imagine. 
Yeah, yep. and uh, hopefully we'll see some new faces there. Yep. I've Not just the same old lags. A couple of new people have, have booked. Right, so we've dribbled on and we've come to the conclusion that there are changes for 2021, but they're never as bad as your thing. So get on with it, build your list, paint a different tug or sug, put your army back together, except for late Republican Romans with a with a Numidian ally. Might have to go back to the drawing board one, but everything else is a few changes. That's my conclusion. Right. Yeah, I, th I think it's no bad thing to have to keep the brain ticking over on your army. Just keeps things moving. Bit of ah, variety. I did have a question for Paul, actually. Mm. So the, the listener may not know that Paul, um, well, he's well known for his being a statistician, but he actually produced the, the ranking. And are we going to get those up and going again? Oh, yes. As soon as, we, as soon as we've got some games in, I'll reset. I think we'll just start again from scratch with the um, official release at the beginning of 2020, where we're going to anyway. Um, so we'll get rid of Alistair, basically. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, Alistair, who I think is still ahead of me, that uh, but only has three scores that count, which yeah. that really hurts. That really yeah. No, as soon as, as soon as we have some games in, I'll keep track of that. So anybody who arranges any competitions, anybody with anything with a decent number of players or a decent number of games, so like more than two games and more than four players, send okay. me the results and I'll shove them into the system. And um, Cool. So we, I think that means that, um, although I, I did notice today that the uh, shout out to the Greek Meg community, who I think have, are organising a competition in April. It's fantastic. Um, not quite sure how that works, but uh, they're, uh, maybe their COVID is, is very low. But I think we'll be back with, a, with some, some things in June, I think will be our first, is my opinion. I don't know if anyone's planning anything earlier, but I think something in June to trouble the scorekeeper. Right, well, Paul, thank you very much for joining us. And no as problem. always, Anytime. thanks to the podcast regulars. So, chaps, see you very soon. See you over a table very soon. Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to it.